You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the legends of Runeterra. My name is Mark or the Liv from outside Pittsburgh, PA, and with me tonight is my catastrophically creative and eternally optimistic co-host, Gibbles and Bits. Gibby, how you doing tonight, man? Better man now than two days ago. <clears throat> my voice may still sound a bit different than it has in the past. Uh, my wife and I both battled a fever slash flu somewhere in that horrible realm over the last week. So I got to spend 48 hours in bed all weekend. Probably the first time I've done that since I was like 20. So, oh, uh, dang, nice. It, it was like, it was the reason I was in bed sucked, but spending all day in bed, really not sure. that bad as an adult. It's almost like how you enjoy naps as an adult, but like as a kid, you hated them. So, like, you, you kind of, oh, there's yeah. a good with the bad. There's good with the yeah, bad. Yeah, kids hate all the things that adults love. Kids don't want to eat. Kids don't want to nap. Kids don't want to sleep in. Kids don't want to drink black coffee. Yeah, kids don't want to drink black coffee because they're lame. Um, kids aren't even allowed to have a beer, you know, type of uh, that that sort of thing, you know. They don't, they don't, go, they don't go to the they don't they don't bet on the lottery. They don't go to casinos. Yeah, they, yeah, they don't go to casinos. <laughs> How dare they? They don't drive over the speed limit. Stupid kids. Um, <laughs> all you've got is airsoft guns. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all you have to your name. There. <laughs> Airsoft guns and textbooks, you idiots. Um, <laughs> um, to all of I am our teenage audience, like airsoft kids. <laughs> this is all, and the and the the description of this episode just became all you have are airsoft guns. <laughs> um, and so, uh, well, welcome to the show. This is about this is about Runeterra. Um, my weekend was interesting. So my wife and I did. If you listen to this show for any length of time, you'll remember this. Um, every year at Daylight Savings Time, my wife and I do the Celebration of Light, which is our own pagan holiday. We don't do uh, really much for Valentine's Day, but on Daylight Savings, we go out and go shopping and go out to dinner. So we went out to Burgatory, which is a burger joint that plays <laughs> off the word purgatory. Oh, um, And it's delicious. So we went out to Burgatory, and, uh, and we went out shopping, and there's some rules in the celebration of light that you have a budget, but there's, it's a no judgment zone. Uh, so you can purchase whatever you wish in, in the, now for us, I, you know, I guess my wife and I aren't twisted, so we don't get anything, uh, weird. Uh, but we, but uh, you know, I did go to the board game shop and I bought a bunch of, uh, plaster molds for making rock faces for my star Wars Legion board. And I got the escape pod for star Wars Legion, which is way too much money because it's just a crash escape pod, but it comes with R2D2 and C3PO, which become playable characters in your army. And I feel oh, like it's dope. just a crime not to have those. Yeah. So we had a good time. And then today, uh, I just got done telling Gibby this before we got on. Um, but just for all of the dads out there, so you know, today I was laying my on ears. my couch. What was that? I was, I'm going to shut my ears while you tell this. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't want to listen. Today, while I was lying on the couch, um, my daughter uh, came up to me and asked if she could put makeup on me, which she had been pretending to earlier. And I said, yes. And she said, close your eyes, daddy, because I thought she was going to put a brush on my eyes. So I closed my eyes. Let the horrors eyes. begin, daddy. Yeah. and uh, And instead... She reached into her diaper and took out poop and wiped it on my lips and into <laughs> my mustache. So um, that was today. So 
Welcome. Uh, congratulations, celebration of light. You win Sunday. Congratulations, child with poop on hand. You make me lose Monday. Uh, you lose so, Monday. Yeah, I lose my Monday. So that was pretty gross. Um, but you know what? I, I would love if, if we have a Discord. If you're a dad, what's the grossest? Go to podcast discussion. What is the grossest thing that has happened to you? Because up to this point is when I lifted up my kid and she threw up into my face. Um, that was really gross. Now it's when my daughter intentionally wiped poop on my lips. Um, that counts as the grossest thing that's ever happened to me. That on that note, Gibby, have awful. you been enjoying LOR? <laughs> switching topics because yeah, why would we stay topics. here for much longer? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> How do I even follow that up? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> LOR has been good. Uh, I've probably been playing a bit of a different kind of way or just cadence than than I would have in the past. Um, I've been balancing several games recently. And when I have the time that I've spent in LOR, it was preparing for my matches in the masquerade format um, up until the point where I got obliterated by my good friend uh, Chroma. So like he oh, and I Chroma got you. Huh? He did. Well, and it was fun because he and I up until the point where we played, we had decks that we had like long standing built. And we hadn't okay. touched the game in like a week. So like we were we but we both agreed, gentlemen's agreement, let's not touch the game until our match happens. So we didn't <laughs> or at least we we were in the game, but we were practicing decks that we weren't gonna run. Sure. Um so when the match time came, we were both semi rusty, which which made it a level playing field. And it was a really good match. And and hats off to him, he played fantastic. So and he's got he's got my vote going forward. Um but we we had some great matches. I've been still brewing other masquerade decks with uh, several other folks and collaborating with them, kind of behind the scenes that are still in the tournament too, or work at least competing this week. So that's been really really cool. I think the masquerade format as a whole has has was a huge success for our, our Legends Cast Discord League. It's such an interesting format. There are so many options to continue exploring because it's restrictive, but not so restrictive. But yeah. it. It's it's it makes you deck build in a way that you would never deck build outside of that intentionally. Um, you can still get decent testing in ranked in standard format against decks that aren't playing this kind of masquerade format because you can still you can still win you can still pull off wins because it's not so kneecapping that nothing in your deck is optimized. You can still optimize pretty well depending on the archetypes you're playing. So I've really enjoyed. Uh, this format, even though I'm not in the tournament anymore, and and still deck building, um, so I, I've I've gotten my my deck building juices flowing, and I've gotten my kicks out of that for the time being. But I did start building another deck today. There is a card that has been out for a while, okay, that okay. I haven't bothered to touch, that I've been fascinated with the possibilities of for quite some time, that I'm finally getting around to doing, and. It's a couple things, along with a new card. Um, Transposition, that new uh, four-cost spell from Bandle City that okay. uh, allows you to, whenever you, you recall a unit, and then the next unit you play costs zero, as long okay. as it's the okay. same cost or lower as the unit you just recalled. Well, you can do that with some higher-cost units, as we found out. Um, so like, let's say you play a unit that like discounts itself a lot, Mm. Um, by like, let's say Scuttlegeist is the one that I'm, I'm using. Um, by every time an ally of yours dies, it discounts Scuttlegeist and you can play it out for a 5-5 five, five fearsome unit. When you recall it, it counts as the cost that the unit was originally before it got discounted. 
Oh, that's interesting. I wouldn't so have suspected can, that. So then you can put out something big. Um, so what I decided to do was I went a bit weird with it. The card that I'm talking about that I've been fascinated with is Catalog of Regrets. The four okay, cost sure. um, a Shadow Isle spell that says every next time that you, uh, when it, at the start of your next start turn. Start a turn, it, yeah, it duplicates the card an, that you played the turn before. Create a fleeting copy in hand of, ever, of any spell that you, that any non-fleeting spells, so that way it doesn't continue to chain, uh, any non-fleeting yep. spell that you played last turn. So I've been playing that with Go Hard because you create a second copy of Go Hard, which could turn into Pack Your Bags. So that's really good, and it also gets a little bit of cycle. Um, but I'm also playing it with Transposition and some kill cards to get out cheap Raza the Sunderers for, oh, interesting. For, we, for, for killing units because I'm trading... I've got some challenger units that I'm trading into people to kill off their weak units, and their their big units are staying on board, and they think they're winning off of that. And then I play drop Raza really early off of the transposition switch, yeah, and obliterate big units, and now I've got board control again. Yeah, with Kindred yeah. and things like that. So it's it actually works out relatively well. It's still got some fine tuning to it because it's it's a bit expensive, but it's a good combination. So. Um, having fun in deck building with that. So I will be working with that and probably posting that in Discord soon. But what about you, my that's man? What have you really been up to? Interesting. That's a that's a really interesting play. I would just have never guessed that the transposition would deal with the original cost of the card, right? Uh, yes. Instead of the discounted amount. But I guess once it hits the board, right? It it caught it its cost resets right it caught its cost was only what it was while in your hand kind of okay so the other the other card that is i don't know somewhat similar to transposition in this way that mm -hmm. runs off of the costs that i would have thought would have worked similar that doesn't is concurrent timelines now that does sure. not work if you yeah. discount it down and then play concurrent timelines because it hasn't versa. hit the board yet. Like it, it hasn't it hasn't hit the board yet. I mean, a lot of cards work like that, right? Even with Jace. So like if you play Jace, because I've been playing Jace, and then you play um uh Progress Day, um, and it discounts your spells. If you draw a six cost spell that's been discounted to five, it doesn't count for Jace. Like Jace won't double it because it now costs five. Um but another interesting interaction. Yeah, go ahead. No, it's another inter interesting interaction. Would have oh, never yeah, thought. yeah. Yeah, and so it makes me feel like it, there's something different that happens once it has fully materialized on the board, right? It like it, mm -hmm. at, It's at its lower cost during the process and triggers for summoning, but once it's done being summoned and it's on the board, then then it, you know, it it is reset to its original cost in some capacity. I, that's a really cool... I mean, it's kind of hard to get, it's kind of slow to get Scuttlegeist discounted very far. Like, you could, sometimes you're almost, I mean, I guess you could cheat out a couple of things pretty quickly, but the I, mean, difference I, I guess is, if you're built for it's it. It's not slays, right? It's not like, yeah, that's just slays. It's just allies died. So ephemeral units count. Oh, that's true. So, like, I was playing, like, at first, uh, the first version I was playing, I was playing Haunted Relics. So, two costs, summon three units, Scuttlegeist is discounted by three. Or the Blighted Caretaker that kills a unit and then summons two of the uh, the two the two one challenger units, the saplings, mm -hmm. to then drag stuff in, help with that board control. But those die, that also counts, plus the unit you just sacked. 
plus I'm running Undyings. So like, there's a lot of there's a lot of units to, to kill really early. Yeah, that's a pretty interesting, <clears throat> pretty interesting thing. And then so Scuttle Guy starts at ten, right? Uh, I think. Is it yeah, nine, I think it's ten. I think, 10. I think it's ten. So then you can cheat something out that costs ten or less. Mm-hmm. Is that the case? Can you yep. cheat out a champion, or is it only another unit with that card? I've literally nope. never even you can read you can that cheat card. out you can cheat out champions. So you could run Scuttlegeist Asol and like protect yourself and try to cheat out an Asol really early. Yes, you could. Oh, that's interesting. And there's some decent like high cost like. Now, would like Ladros wouldn't trigger his ability when he comes yes, in, he, right? Yes, he would because oh, you're playing would. him. You're playing him, so you would recall the Scuttlegeist. It makes the next unit you play from your hand cost zero. So that's what I'm doing: is I'm recalling Dang. Scuttlegeist. I'm playing Raza. I'm playing Ladros because okay. it's actually I'm actually playing the card at that point. Yeah, it's not like it's yep. not like it's a summon. Some summon. Yeah, kind of it's not just pulling it from your hand, right? Oh, there's something to explore there. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's something to explore there. Yep. Uh, I just got uh, to fine-tune it. Yeah, I dig it. I totally dig it. That's a really cool combo. Uh, and I, I did not know that that was even a thing. So that that makes me want to check that out maybe next time I, I play. Well, for me, um, so I've been streaming LOR a lot recently and have been really getting into it. And as it turns out, when you give me something to achieve, um, a lot of times I get into like I. If I have my 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 brain set on a, a specific box to tick, like I get I'll get really into something. Especially if I find a deck that I just enjoy. And I haven't found a lot of decks that I enjoyed that were good. But a couple of weeks ago on the show, I talked about Heimerdinger Jace and how I had sort of fallen in love with that style of deck. Really, honestly, I've been in love with Heimerdinger since Heimer was good. You know, he got the nerf. And this deck he works really well in. So I climbed from, you know, whatever, what is below, is it iron? Is that the lowest rank? Right, yeah. It goes iron, bronze, silver, gold, plat. So I yep. literally climbed this season from like iron four, like very bottom. I had not played ranked in two seasons, two, three seasons, two seasons, uh, to plat four. So I iron through iron, through bronze, through silver, through gold, and into plat with Heimer Jace, and I got this week, I got on, no, this weekend, this past weekend, so on Saturday, um, I got to Mastery 5 on both Heimer and Jace, and that was Which really my goal. impressive. Yeah, I mean, I there can't be a ton of people with Heimer Mastery 5, because he's been trash except in this for a long time, probably. Mm. Um, really thoroughly enjoyed that deck, had a ton of fun playing it, um, and really did pretty good. And so I've been streaming it uh, a couple days a week. And uh, I think my stream was happy to see me move on today because once I got Mastery 5, I'm not super inclined to play because now I have I have Riven, uh, Lee Sin, and then these two, you know, Jason and Heimer, all four Mastery 5. And now I'm trying to kind of set my eyes on what's new for me to get to Mastery 5 because I, I don't play a lot of champions enough for that to happen real frequently. Um, mm-hmm. But I think... So I started uh, Senna Kindred, and I was trying to make that work. So Bandle City SI, just instead of playing Vigar, you play Kindred. Um, it hasn't been bad, but there's a lot of bad matchups for it right now because currently uh, Timo, um, 
Timo Caitlin's really strong and it's super popular right now. Um, and the other deck that is just insane on the ladder right now is the Tristana, Nar, Timo, um, yep. Bandle and Arms deck. Like that deck is cancer. It's literally everywhere. Yep. I, um, I've, I've run into it twice and just gotten steamrolled. It's easy. Yeah, I was able to beat it a decent amount with Jace Heimer just because there's so much click and point and click removal that if you can keep the deck slowed down and you can get a Heimer on the board, the real trick is getting the Heimer on the board. Then all of your removal is also giving you blockers, mm -hmm. um, which allows you to stall out the game enough until you can win. Um, but with Senna Vigar, just or, uh, Senna Kindred, just does not like darkness is too expensive. It's too grindy and too expensive to actually remove the stuff. And you don't have the over-the-top Vigar to win the game. Um, so, you know, I just really want to find a way to play Kindred, to be honest with you. And uh, so, not so well. But then today on stream, I decided to try out Bandletree for the first time. You've um, never played Bandletree? I have never played Bandletree. And you know what? The Bandletree list that I found on Mobilytics and tried out was really good. Well, it's quite. Mo good. I'll tell you, Bandle Tree has never been better than it is yeah, now. Yeah, it's really good, right? Like because they continued to print more multi. They kind of backed themselves into a corner, being the developers, because they printed more. They had to print more multi-region followers or multi-region in general, and they had to balance it out, right? So now you've got options across a multitude of followers. You don't have to like make tech Tons decisions anymore about where am I going to pull this region from or where, where I can pull this region from? No, you're just literally just going to put it in your deck because there's options now. So it's just, do I find those yeah. three copies in my deck or do I need to play out Bandle Tree and it gives me one? So it's yeah. it's really strong. I mean, this is kind yeah, of what we like, saw coming. There's not really a good way to nerf it, right? Because... No, there's not. Okay, the only way to nerf it is to put more healthy or a cost-effective uh, removal in the game for landmarks is probably the best way to to get rid of it um and that's really bad like you don't want to do that because it's going to screw up a lot of other of your of the synergies that you want to build with landmarks in the game um so i i played it a while today and the real question is like i just didn't know any of the matchups and so i really struggled at the beginning of stream and then by the end of it i was i was doing really well just because i learned the matchups because there's some matchups and you're just like no like they probably have enough landmark destruction that I'm not going to win through Bandle Tree, so it's like I'm going to swarm the board and go. Mm. Um, and this deck honestly could probably run Yurtle in Arms. Like, you could probably throw a copy of that in this deck and win that way occasionally, um, because it just throws out so many things. Because you, uh, I'm playing uh, Bandle City Noxus because it has the spiders that give you both Noxus and Shadow Isles with one two mana card, um, which is very powerful obviously um and uh and really uh, it did super well for me um uh, against like grindy late game decks i would say this though there was another deck that i ran into though that was also really interesting and that is the trundle concurrent timelines deck i don't know yeah, if you've seen that i have because you can play around with the uh playing the um uh, the pillars that trundle creates yeah. which will one refill your mana up to eight by being played give but also drop. give you an eight drop yeah that combo has been around for a while but there are definitely new cards in the pool that are worth playing and also new eight drops to be able to pull from that pool so that's uh it's that's a still a very very good archetype yeah 
And so something that was in that that I found really interesting is Buried in Ice and It That Stares, which I don't know why I didn't see this combo, but Buried in Ice entombs your entire board, landmarks, creatures, everything gets entombed. Might not be landmarks, everything, but it champions and, and allies, you know, they all get entombed. And then that lasts for two rounds, right? So the next, you know, next round, they're still going to be in case in the countdown. And then from there, you know, your opponent has their board filled. You can then play it that stares and obliterate all landmarks and just wipe their entire board no matter what they have. And uh, that happened to me a couple of times. It's a pretty nasty combo. Like those two, it's like I'll stall you for a round so you can't kill me probably. And the only way you're going to kill me is if you refill your board and sack your board yourself or and then i'm gonna it that stairs i'll have an 8-8 on the board and i'll have cleared your entire board it's a weird two-turn clear but it's oddly effective because you're sitting there and you're like he might have it in his hand or he might just be stalling do he i really want to sacrifice my own board it's probably better against yurtles because in the yurtle combo so often you're literally your entire board is full so mm -hmm. the only way you can play anything is to kill off your own stuff inside the tombs, right? I'm sure against other decks when you, like, a Pantheon deck, it doesn't make as big of a deal because you can just play other creatures, right? Um, but in against the decks that I was playing, it was it was pretty powerful. It was really yeah. interesting. Yeah, I think the, uh, I was just thinking about it. I think the other archetype that I really like is the, <clears throat> I do like all the transform units that are kind of came out with the whole NAR package. Yeah, but, Nars, uh, Nars overtuned, and Yurtle oh, in Arms is, is overtuned, but the Transform but, cards are really cool. But I've been playing those cards without Nar. Um, I actually, mm. I actually retooled my um, Teemo Sedge list to Ooh. my Teemo Sedge list to run those units because there's a lot of kind of poke potential with trying to get uh, hit the Nexus at least or do a little bit of uh, face damage every turn to, to level up Sedge. But every time you're doing face damage, what are you also doing? You're also meeting the requirement for all the transform units. So Teemo's really good for that. I mean, running the new um, two-cost unit out of Frail Yord that damage each is, each is of the Nexus one, and it's also got Overwhelm to it as a two-cost unit um, with an aggressive stat line. I mean, you can you can run uh, Stone Stackers still if you want to, but there's there's a lot of options there. Yeah, to run that with. So the top end being the teeny dactyl into the pterodactyl, um, and the mini t into mega t, and um, some of those cards are oh, we've potent. Been mini -t mega t, yeah, potent. Clears. The pterodactyl one is the one you see the most, and I honestly think <clears throat> so. Out of all of the set of the most recent cards that came out, I haven't even played this card, but I think maybe my favorite and the most fair card in the entire set is the three mana three three with regen that flips to a five five and draws you a creature draws you a uh it's a it's three mana three three with regen that if your opponent's face was damaged it becomes a five five and draws you a card from your deck oh um, oh is it's that in the... frail yard yes it's it's and i don't even remember its name it's the mark wolf shaman that sounds right that sounds right yeah i think that card might be one of the most like it just seems fair like that card just it seems... does a really good design it's pretty easy to remove but so often like if you have board dominance it's going to suddenly be really hard to remove and because it's going to become an, like a, a on turn four it's going to be like a five five with regen right it's going to become very difficult to get rid of and it's going to give resource extension but it doesn't give you instantaneous resource extension which mm. i really like yeah um, i also just love really regen like stuff so that's it's a win. That's a win for sure. Um, yeah. 
I've, even through this conversation, I've got two other decks in my head now that I want to build. So this this has been productive for me because I'm going okay, to start good, building good, again. Good. <laughs> we got something new. Yes. Uh, good. Well, the other thing, a uh, bit of news before we jump into the actual news, um, is I finished my event pass. So, so proud of you. Yeah. So keep in mind, guys, if you are doing the event pass, there's a point in which you get like an emote or something and you have to go fight Vigar in the uh I don't know what it is, like the the Hall of Champion, the champions, the champions. The arcade thing. arena. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to fight him there. And if you fight him, you get a prismatic Vigar, which they don't really tell you very clearly, but you get prismatic Vigar. And then when you finish the pass, you have to go fight him again in order to get the champion plus the skin. So it is worth you going over there and clicking. Even in the event pass, the top right-hand corner says fight Vigar. You want to make sure that you fight Vigar. So you're, you know, I don't even know when this is over. Uh, this might literally be two days remaining. I don't know. You might still be able to do it on Wednesday. If you're still able to do it on Wednesday uh, when this show comes out, definitely go do it. You don't want to miss fighting Vigar to get your skin and your prismatic Vigar, especially if you already purchased the event pass. Um, but I finished the event pass. I'm glad that I did. Um, I actually bought the uh, the Piltover board as well recently. Um, the one that has, like, the upper tier and lower tier with, like, the blimp on it. Because mm. um, I really like that one. I think it's really cool. I think, it, I, think, I think they did a really good job with it. But, uh, well, I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, that, if that's what you've been playing, that's what I've been playing. Why don't we, you want to start talking about some Runeterra new stuff? Uh, so, sounds good to me. Awesome, awesome. Okay, let's well, let's do this first. Let's tell everybody about uh, Almost Legends first. So, uh, at the release of this episode, at the same time, uh, over on our other podcast. So, if you guys don't know, this month we became part of and founded simultaneously the Camp Legend Network. Um, Camp Legend Network now houses all of our podcasts that me, Gibby, and DBN do. Um, this Legends cast being one of them, which you haven't had an episode in a little bit because it's now a monthly show. We are a week late, but it's because I was uh, on a work trip, so I couldn't uh, record last week. Um, and then uh, two to three times a month, so this will be one to two times a month, this Legends cast, two to three times a month, you'll get an episode over on another podcast feed called Almost Legends, which is a tabletop RPG, currently Dungeons and Dragons, um, play podcast. We're actually going to be playing Dungeons and Dragons, and it is currently taking place. Season one, uh, which is going to be, I think, six episodes long. It's a bit shorter. Uh, is going to be taking place during the events of season one of the show Arcane, which is a Netflix special uh, highlighting like Jinx and Jace and Vi and Heimerdinger and a bunch of other characters from the League of Legends world. So if you're listening to this, just know that episode zero and episode one are out on the Almost Legends podcast. They they literally just came out when this episode dropped. Like, which is, like right now. Which like right now, which we're really excited about. So please go check it out and leave us a rating and review, especially if you have a five-star rating to leave because we just, we want <laughs> Only people to those. be able to find it. Yeah, leave five-star rating and tell someone about it, right? The D&D podcast, right? We're like, are we like the only Runeterra podcast left? It's like competitive Runeterra, I think there is left and us. Um, I, I, I don't know if Twin, Twin Sun still does drop? every now and then. I think they did something similar where they like diversify, but maybe they still touch on it. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but. Yeah, I don't know, but it, we're, we're like one of the only ones left. But let me just tell you what we we're definitely not one of the only ones left 
Uh, yeah, we're like the number one Runeterra podcast right now because there's basically there's some there's some obscure ones left, but for the most part, you know, it's just us. Um, anyway, uh, I don't mean to say that like insulting. Like if you're doing a podcast, like by all means, reach out to us because we'd love <laughs> you're to do in a obscurity. Co- in yeah, the we'd shadows. love to do a co-op with you. But typically, it's been you know it's been Runeterrible Twin Sons and us have been like the three main shows when you Google anything. And I think we're kind of like the only one left doing regular content for the game. But that's not the case for Dungeons and Dragons podcasts or tabletop podcasts because there's a billion of those. So we do actually need your help getting, you know, getting seen a little bit over there. So if you're part of our community, go over, listen, leave a rating and review. Tell everybody that you love us so that you can, you know, we can have some people can find us, which would be awesome. So, yeah. And I, I we're going to end up putting a lot of time into that Almost Legends podcast with brainstorming the um the different seasons as they go and and planning out different tabletop rpgs that we'll do for for following seasons and um just trying to make that the best quality content we can so any help you can give us back is just fuel for the fire of just creating the the best podcast that we can um yeah we're really excited about it we had a ton of fun with episode one so episode zero is an introduction to the characters an introduction to the world and it's pretty short um, episode one will start with the the release of the pilot that we did um, f- that we released on this uh, on this feed, and then it will tie into all of episode one. I think episode one is almost two hours long, so there's plenty Just of about. listening that you can do there. Yeah, it's almost it is two hours long uh, before DBN cuts it down some. So he's going to be editing out some some ums and dice rolls and stuff for us. Uh, but that'll be coming out. With release of this episode, go go check it out, and we'll put the feed uh, for Anchor in the description of this episode as well, so you can you can go over and grab it. Um, thanks for listening. Okay, let's jump into uh, our main segment for this evening, which is talking about LOR news. All right, team, adventure time. Okay, guys, in LOR news, we're going to be discussing just a little bit about what's going on uh, in the community right now. And we're going to be turning and focusing a lot on Runeterra Champions, which we have not talked about yet. And with that, the new region road as well. Because there's a bunch of new stuff that's going to be coming out. We're really excited about that. But we wanted to start off with Runeterra news. And the first thing I wanted to highlight was, you know, just recently here in the beginning of March, a couple week and a half ago, maybe. Um, they announced that uh, Riot took all of the money for the event pass plus a million dollars uh, to help the refugee people in Eastern Europe, which is which is amazing. Awesome. Yeah, which is really awesome. Um, our church, uh, Gibby and I attend the same online church uh, called Lux, and our church just gave um, some funds, not this amount, obviously, uh, just gave some funds. But if you were thinking about, like, let's say you listen to this and you're like, you have a couple of hours left to pick up the event pass and you've grinded most of it out, like, you're not just putting money in Riot's pocket. You're putting money in the pockets of the people in Ukraine and in Eastern Europe. So absolutely, buy that yeah. event pass. It's it's 100% worth it, even if you don't, even if you've got the, uh, truthfully, if even if you've got it at, at, at level two, right? If if you're looking for someone to, a way to support and and back a company and show support for a company that is giving selflessly for a good cause and they understand that their position as an as a game owner company is bigger than them, um, that this is bigger than them as a game owner company is probably better better way to say it. Uh, yeah, you should. This is a great way to support. Um, not everybody has an outlet where they can um, be involved and 
and and do something about what's happening not in the United States where where we're currently streaming and podcasting from but uh yeah it's, I think it's awesome that that's what they're doing and they've made that publicly known that that's kind of where they're planting their flag is supporting uh supporting Eastern Europe so uh I'm literally very, very impressed with them literally just read this and realized it ended 2 days ago um so oh. congratulations riot and everybody who did buy the event pass we appreciate <laughs> you all uh don't do it now because if you do it now you will actually be putting ten dollars in riot's pocket so but you could do because they deserve the money as well they make a great game so still buy the event pass <laughs> Re- rewind the record <laughs> Uh, hey, Mark, maybe you should read the news instead of just uh, looking at the headline real quickly and uh, yelling. About- I don't know why they would do that. Like, the event pass goes until the 16th. Why'd they make it stop on the 12th? They tricked me. I'm- I got bamboozled, man. I got, I got Bamboozles tricked. for the foozles. Uh, and they announced a few things about worlds and some stuff they're going to change with that, too. And Gibby's going to tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I mean, there's kind of a mix between the news and their their roadmap video, right? So they they put they also did a, like a, like a scripted like a a written out post per se on online for for the uh, event pass and um, also for the roadmap of, of what they're gonna do for 2022. But they they put together a nice seven eight minute video of the game director, I believe, um, the the head lead for Legends of Runeterra and then another executive. I can't remember exactly what his title was. It was very similar to game director. It was like, oh, director of the game. Oh, and this is our game director. And I was like, what's the point of your two titles? I don't get any differentiation from them. Anyway, (laughs) there was three high-level executives from uh, Riot that were working on Legends of Runeterra, and they put together a nice six- to seven-minute video all about what we can expect in 2022. Some of it we've already seen, which is fine. I mean, we've seen Gnar, we've seen... Udir and, and Galio and all of that stuff, but that was part of what they were planning to do for 2022. But um, they've they've kind of taken a look back at some things that have happened from the past. They did some really cool highlights with um, showing again the winning of Worlds last year with Alan ZQ and um, some of the regional tournaments and things. And they've essentially put out that they are no longer going to stream the seasonal tournaments and they're going to put all of their money and effort and time preparing for the world tournament that's going to happen at some point within 2022, which I don't know. To me, that's just a reflection of maybe past wrongs being recognized with the the seasonal tournament. Now, I thought the seasonal tournaments have always been relatively well run up until the one that was just before Worlds where they kind of botched some of the running of the seasonal tournament and people qualifying yeah. um or and even qualifying for world like they botched some of the the running of those two tournaments because i would imagine their their attention was split between the two and they yeah. were trying to okay keep everything going for the seasonal tournament and let's get this one going out but we really care about worlds that is going to happen whether we want it to or not and we have to make sure that goes off without a hitch and it really didn't Truthfully, like it didn't kind of live up to the standards that everybody wanted it to. So I think they've they've learned from those mistakes. They've said we're we're going to let the seasonal tournaments happen, but we've got enough experience running them now. We don't need to stream them. Why add the complication? So it's just going to be worlds where we see the personalities and we see the streaming of them. And I think that's okay. 
from what I understand, this, the, the seasonal tournament's viewership wasn't so high anyway that it probably was justifying it. But still worth competing for the seasonal tournaments because it's gonna it can get you to worlds. But sure. Um, but it's they're yeah they're just gonna be doing the streaming for worlds. So I think it's smart. Um, do you have any any kind of thoughts about about, about know, the streaming services? I'll just say this: it was kind of confusing. If if I'm honest with you, like last year, it was really hard to tell what was important and what wasn't important. And then worlds happened, and it was like, oh, oh, worlds is here. Oh. Kind of uh, snuck up on you, didn't it? Yeah, there was like, oh, they're doing it now. They're they're doing the thing. Um, so it was like it kind of caught me off guard. If I'm if I'm being completely honest with you, I didn't really expect it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I I hope that they uh, I hope that they do a better job. Honestly, I th- I really hope they take a note from Hearthstone. Um, Hearthstone did such a good job with their competitive scene, like such a good job. Like, the taverns that they built to do it in. The fact that they hosted it at BlizzCon. Like, there was so much um, that was right about the way that Hearthstone did the tournament scene. And I, outside of not having an in-client way to compete or get into any of the tournaments, which was a constant complaint of Hearthstone, I still don't know that it's fixed. Um, I, you know, I hope that they do something better. Because, uh, you know, give me a bigger cash pool or or... You know, give me just a bigger production. Like, I just need a bigger production. Like, pour all your resources into that world's tournament. I don't need to watch everything building up to it. It would be nice to have a very clear indication. It would be nice to have an in-app indication. Like, when I log into the app, if there if there is, like, streamed and broadcasted, you know, games that are going on, when you log into League of Legends... The first thing that comes up at the top, if they're live, uh, you know, if the LCS or the LEC is live, it comes up right at the top. You just click the button and go watch the games. And I do that a lot. Like, I'll pull them up on another monitor. If I know that they're live, I'll watch them uh, while I'm playing TFT or something or LOR. And so I wish that we would get something in client that would notify us of when the tournaments were coming up, when they're going to be casted. I hope that we get some quality casters for it. Like, I wish that they had a community, like, get get Mogwai in. Like, I wouldn't, uh, like, uh, not no, not dishing on Swim, but, like, Swim's probably not the guy that you want casting. But get some casters in that are going to draw people in. Um, you know, get Silver Fuse. She loves casting, and, and, you know, she's one of the bigger YouTubers for the game at this point because so many people have quit the game. Um, like, get some names in there and get some spectation because just not enough people who are watching the game right now mm-hmm. um, or even consuming content about the game. So, uh, yeah, I hope they really do double down on this because I honestly think, honest to goodness, I think this is, in my opinion, the sweetest space the game has been in meta-wise in a while. Um, and if they can continue to provide this, they're going to draw my attention back to the game more significantly. And I would love to see a more concentrated effort on, on a world's championship. So I think that'd be great. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone's a little bit tired of Vandal city, right? And sure. Just absolutely. And it's, but, but this of version that, of Vandal city is a little bit different. It may be not much different. It's it's there's, a, there's, there's several different paths of it. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean they've they've had they've had good streamers be be part of the I don't know the casting team 
in the past. I mean, Mogwai That's has true. been on on, on Worlds. True. He's been on seasonal tournaments. But yeah, there's several personalities that I would like to see that I think are people recognize very well um, that I would love to see cast that I think are just really upbeat and uh, fun personalities that have a lot to offer within kind of yep. that role. Um, and I would agree with you on the part of swim would not be my favorite caster, uh, but that's <laughs> no, that's no uh, not not just not to start digging on people that I, I like or don't like, and I don't really know them that well. But um, yeah, yeah, I just I just yeah. hope that Worlds goes off better than in the past. I mean, I you talked about Hearthstone. I'm watching and competing and getting uh, beat up all over the place in the Pokemon Unite World Championship qualifying tournaments right now. And but I'm I've been really impressed with the structure of it, and maybe that's just because Tencent does a really good job, sure. um, because they've got other games that they're 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 running these these tournaments in in a similar manner, and it's what kind of confuses me about some of the problems that they've had in the past with Legends of Runeterra is like, aren't you just do aren't you doing something similar structurally from an esports tournament perspective with these other big games you've got? Why are you struggling so hard to do this with with Legends of Runeterra? I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally If other agree. companies can translate it amongst games, why are you having such a hard time? And it's not honestly like this is a even new with space. TFT. TFT has a much smaller budget, <laughs> and I think their worlds and their build up to it was done more effectively with better marketing than what the LOR team did. I just had no idea. I never had an idea. It felt like about what's going on, and I played the game almost daily. If I'm playing your game almost daily and you have not found a way to let me know what is going on with worlds, something, even if I'm not looking for it, I should know. Like, it, it should be clear in some capacity. So, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think there's some work that could be done there. Um, but in addition to that, in addition to that, uh, with the world stuff, um, we also got a new roadmap. And one of the first, yeah, one of the first pieces of that roadmap in March, which is this month, did you know? Um, at some, oh. we're getting two things, a major balance update on March 30th. So the end of the month and infernal skins and cosmetics, which I'm guessing basically in between event passes, they pretty much just put out like a new board and a bunch of skins. Uh, so this would be like the battle academia type stuff and the, like the surf party stuff. But mm -hmm. this one is infernal skins. Which, which we like dark stuff. Yes. We like um, creepy stuff. So I don't know if you guys have looked at any of the Infernal skins. I don't know if you have yet, Gibby. But I just did a quick Google search. And there's a, a couple notably that aren't on, on the Google search that I found. Who I think, you know, might end up being in it. But of the champions that we have in the game right now. So I think that Akali and Aurelian Soul have not been, like, aren't on the thing that I'm looking at right now so maybe a soul so potentially a soul but there's kenan galio shen diana and nasus so out of those um we have a diana skin already so you know shen nasus kenan galio and a soul uh i think there's a good chance we see most of those to be honest I would I would assume assume so too. I mean, they've they've talked about in the amongst this roadmap that um, because they, they they I think they hit on a really important point early on in the roadmap video was they've added their last region, so yeah. there's there they don't have to look forward towards 
releasing a whole new region and putting out such large amounts of content in a way that they had to do when they were releasing the regions to catch the regions up so they weren't irrelevant out the gate. They they have a different release schedule now. They point blank said that. They said, our content release is not going to be in the same cadence and same path that it was previously. So don't expect that. I'm not saying that it's going to be less frequent or going to be more frequent. I don't think they really wanted to give their hand away there. What they said was is that we will be releasing bigger expansions when we do release the expansions. Hmm. So the card pools and the events and things like that, maybe less events, or maybe the events will have more uh, substantial content to them as they release them because they aren't going to be doing these big like region expansion releases. Yeah, which would make sense. And, and injecting so much, but they'll, they'll have medium-sized. They won't have to go small, small, small. Huge new region. They'll go medium event that's got that's really cool and it's got some stuff to it. They'll they've got some. Um, uh, they'll have like a, like a medium card pool that's just a like just a thematically that they're going to release. But there maybe there will be there won't be an event pass or something along with it. But I would expect there to be quite a few infernal skins in this. And yeah. I'm hoping that they've gotten the message that hey, we like getting skins for free. Oh, yeah, yeah. If, if they got that message and, like, we actually get some of these skins in an event pass, I don't think this one's going to have an event pass. I'll be honest. I would be surprised if it did. Perhaps it will. Um, but uh, they have not done an event pass with these type of, of skin releases in the past. They've just released them. Um, but out of all the ones, I think the I think Galio and Kennen we're going to see. Mm. They're just newer champions. They're pretty strong. I think Galio and Kennen for sure. I don't know out of the other Infernal skins what we're going to see, but I, I would feel very confident saying Galio and Kennen are coming. I don't think Shen has gotten a skin yet, so I'd be very disappointed if Shen didn't have one. I also have a deck right now that I like playing that has Shen in it, so... <laughs> it might be appealing to you. Right. Yeah, yeah, And absolutely. no, it's not Shen and, Shen and Fiora. Uh, it's not Shen Fiora. No, Fiora is already infernal without the skin. <laughs> uh, is it Shen J4? No, it's Shen and Zed. I actually ran. It's a hand buff oh. deck. I actually ran it in the league, um, which it was undefeated in the league when I ran it. To be fair, okay, it got banned once, and then I I did really well with it on the other day that I got to actually play it. But I didn't I didn't run it in the, in the other weeks, which I maybe should have. But that's from here okay. or there. So April, we're getting champion adjustments, another mm -hmm. major balance update. That's two in a while. The LOR second anniversary, so we'll be two years old in April. That's just around the corner, probably early April, I think. Um, and we're getting two free skins. We're getting Arcane Jinx and Arcane Vi. So they are giving you, you just asked for free skins. I don't think you're going to get them in the Infernal, but I, you are going to get them in uh, in in April uh, with those two free ones, which is great. I think that's awesome. That's cool. That sounds like, and I've seen the skins. They look good. They look like two skins that are appealing. They're not like just throwaway ones where it's like, why are you giving this to me? Yeah, they just look like slightly cooler versions of Vi and Jinx, right? Yeah. I think like, and they're, we already got a Vi and a Jinx skin. Um, those came out with the Gilded set, um, but I, I just thought they were worse versions of the current Vi and Jinx. I think that these are better versions of the current Vi and Jinx, so... I'm pretty pumped for that. I, I that is exciting to me. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm 100% in on that.
Uh, so that's exciting. Um, and yeah, major balance updates two months in a row, like end of end of March, beginning of April. That's a lot of big, that's a big commitment to two months of major balance updates. So but, I kind of have to wonder if, if like March is like, we're going to gut a bunch of Bandle city stuff and April is like, we're going to prepare for what's coming in May. That's my thought. They've, yeah, I mean, they're getting data now to make major balance changes, and they've got to know with the, with the carpool that's out there right now, if it's not nerfing things, if even if the game is at a good place, if it's not nerfing things, it needs to be bringing cards up that are horrible, that aren't being played at all, so that way they're relevant. Yeah, right. Would... Like there's there's always going to be room for that. So I don't think they're backing themselves into a corner by saying, "Hey, we'll change some stuff in April." But I think there's some your I think there's some Bandel City stuff that's going to get hit, and there should be. I agree. Yeah. But even yeah. if they change it in March, or they change, if they hotfix something, or they change it in April, or they maybe they maybe a month and a half passes, and they don't think maybe as much as they do now, by eighth of the time April comes that there's as many problems, they don't have to change them. That's totally fine. Yeah. Um, but I do think that it, that's what's weird about that, right? Is you said, oh, two months in a row, we're conditioned to believe that two months worth of balance chat changes is a treat that it's like out of the norm. <laughs> this is what it should be. This is sure. this is this is the cadence that you should to be, be fair, evaluating this is what they your promised game. Originally, like, this is what you should. Yeah, but they, they would do like little small ones, and they would change like two cards, and be like, okay, it hasn't really shifted that much, but major balance changes two months in a row. That needs to be the that needs to be what they should be doing every month from here on forward, especially because that would that would keep the game like fresh and rejuvenated. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, May, we have a new PvP and PvE expansion coming. Um, so a new expansion. This is likely going to be a smaller expansion, very similar to what we saw um, with Viego and... Um, oh, who's the guy who came out with Viego? The the Prince of Persia character. Um, Akshan. Akshan. And, or when we got Aphilios. Um, except we're going to be getting Runeterra champions, which we're actually going to cycle back to and talk about at the end of the news stuff. Um, but it's going to be Jin. So we're going to get Jin, the Virtuoso. Uh, he's kind of like a masked character with a mechanical arm that's shooting a long-range gun. Um, and then we're getting uh, Path of Champions 2.0, big rework on Path of Champions, a seasonal tournament in the Pulse Fire event pass and cosmetics. So we can plan on Pulse Fire, probably launching that event pass and cosmetics launching at the same time as Jin coming into the game and Runeterra champions, which is, and oh, and an overhaul of path of champions with path of champions 2.0, which I don't know what that's going to look like, but there's a lot of people at this point who are just playing this game for path of champions. They're not even playing PVE, which surprises me <clears throat> by the way. I didn't realize how successful, apparently, according to the developers, PvE has been in this game. Apparently, people love it and are eating it up, and they've never had more engagement in PvE than they do now, and that more people are playing PvE than any of the other game modes combined. According to their boring, according to their stats that they've released in their video, which we don't really have any way to say yes or no that that's true or it's not, but. 
I mean, I'm that surprises me. I mean, I haven't touched it in forever because I don't find it that interesting. But it's also not everybody's cup of tea. So it, there may be people who love that game mode. And maybe it's just more accessible if you are joining the game recently and it's like you don't have a huge card pool. So it is the more accessible version of the game where you mm-hmm. don't necessarily have to have such a huge collection. You can play it, but... I, I don't know. I just I, I'm surprised to hear that that's that's where the focus is going. Is that they're okay? I, I guess that makes a little sense with them getting rid of expedition. Which, by the way, if you haven't gotten and cash in all your expedition tokens, make sure you do that because expedition will be going away, and you can go redeem those yep. expedition tokens right now. Just start a run. You don't even have to draft a deck. Start a run with one of your expedition tokens. Retire it. You get like two or three, what, like epic capsules or something like that? You get or an epic capsule. An epic what? capsule. Uh-huh. And that stuff adds up. I mean, I had like a good 70 or 80 expedition tokens I hadn't used, and it fueled like me basically purchasing all of the cards from this most recent expansion mm-hmm. in shards, like, or wild cards, because some of them turn to wild cards or champions, like that, for that yeah. matter. It's not unheard of with an epic capsule. So make sure you go redeem those. But with, with Expedition going away, I guess it makes sense that PvE, a bigger PvE, is going to fill that role. I don't have a problem with that. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think they're going to pour some more some more eggs into this basket. And I realize now that there are people who join the game and they don't even really get, like... It, it's true that Path of Champions is like its own game. And if it was released on a separate client, on a separate game, it would be worthy of playing. Yeah, I'm not it, sure how much I would like play it. Spire. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I'm not sure how much I would play it, but I could see why people would be that into it. Like, it could be its own little thing. I don't know how much of a moneymaker it would be for Riot because there's not really much to buy in it or collect in it, but I could see why I can see why it's so popular. They have to find a way to monetize it, though. Like, I just mm-hmm. don't see how it's monetizable at this point um, for them to make cash off of it. I mean maybe through skins and and you you unlock you know you get skins through it maybe speaking of skins the pulse fire skin pack is going to come out there's a ton of pulse fire champions lots that we don't have skins for echo we do have a skin for but there's a pulse fire echo that's cool there's an uh fiora which we do not have a skin for fiora there's a lucian we don't have a skin for lucian there's a pantheon we don't have a skin for pantheon there's a shen we do not have a skin for shen um, there's a Twisted Fate. We don't have a skin for Twisted Fate. There's a Riven. We have two skins for Riven, but I almost guarantee we'll get another Riven skin anyway. Um, and maybe the most important one, and I have played, there, there might even, I think there's even a Thresh. Like, th- there's a lot of skins for Pulse Fire. But I think the one that we're guaranteed to get, in my opinion, is going to be Ezreal. Um, because mm-hmm. Ezreal's such a popular champion, we don't have a we don't have an Ezreal skin. And Pulse yes, Fire Ezreal... What, what what's our Israel skin? The oh, battle, yeah, Acad- battle academia Israel. Yeah. You're right. I totally forgot about that. Um, but <clears throat> I I played League long enough to go long enough ago to remember the first two significant skins that they put out because all the skins were the same, and then they started putting out these ones that like as you leveled the skins changed and got better, and that was an Udir skin and an Ezreal skin, and it was Pulse Fire Ezreal. And as you played him, he looked more and more like Mega Man, and he armored up more and more. So I I would expect to see Ezreal. He's like I think he's the original Pulse Fire skin. So that'd be, that'd be really dope. And also, I'm fact checking you. I'm going through all these skins. I'm like, do we really not have a Fiora skin? We do. We have one. It's oh, pool, you're right. It's Pool Party Fiora. Oh, crap. 
Yeah, I totally. There's so much more skins than I thought there was. So would it be? It's because they're be too Lucian, expensive. We haven't bought them. Lucian, yeah, exactly. It's Lucian, Pantheon, and Shen would be, and TF. We don't have a TF skin, right? No. TF, yeah. no. Lucian, no. Pantheon, no. And you said Shen? Yeah, we don't have one for Shen. I'm, I'm almost positive we don't have one for Shen either. But we might get a Shen Infernal skin just before this. Which would be dope. I'd be about yeah. it. Uh, and Caitlyn. We do have a Caitlyn skin, though. We have yep. Battle Academia Caitlyn, I believe. And right? Gilded Caitlyn. And Gilded Caitlyn. So probably not a Caitlyn skin. The Pulsefire Caitlyn skin looks the worst anyway. Um, but Lu I would not be surprised if it was like, if we saw like Lucian, Echo, Pantheon, uh, Ezreal, and Riven or something. Uh, they'll probably mm -hmm. choose the coolest looking ones. Honestly, mm -hmm. the TF skin looks like trash. If they remake it, it would be cool. But right now it looks like garbage. So Which they should because TF needs something cool. Build yeah, Water yeah. needs something cool. Mate, he he's like one of the most played champions in the game probably. Um, June, major balance changes, and then Rift Quest skins and cosmetics, which is probably the next event pass. So probably, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna look Rift Quest. LOL. I, I'm like looking up the skins and seeing if they exist. In uh, it does look like there's some Rift Quest skins. Um, it looks like I don't know, maybe like a real fantasy like style uh, th this might be the one that cosmetically fits the best actually uh they they sort of look like world of warcraft uh, meets league of legends to be honest um uh, yeah it might actually be the most thematically accurate thing that we will have gotten might might, might break the least amount of rumor i don't know anything about this but now i'm looking <laughs> at it and i'm like oh i might actually buy these because they from what I see, and there's not many, they look like Ezreal shoots a bow and arrow and looks like an elf instead, which is kind of cool. Um, so they're like real, they really channel like inner fantasy stuff. Wait, so um, you're telling me that Trundle, who is an ice yeti guy, doesn't break your concentration and your immersion when he shows up as a world-ending titan? Who becomes uh, Mayan? You know what? It's not nearly as bad as uh, as when <laughs> a somebody Nivea shows turning up. into a fighter jet. <laughs> yeah, is Anivia turning into a fighter jet or uh, somebody else turning up in a beach costume? Uh, yeah, or Brom that... becoming Santa. <laughs> yeah, or Brom becoming Santa. Yeah, that breaks it way more. There's like a Tarek. It looks like there's a Tarek one, mm -hmm. uh, which could be interesting uh, because we don't have a Tarek. It doesn't look like there's many, so maybe they're going to release a new set of them in LOL at the same time. Maybe it'll be like a crossover event like we've seen before. I'm checking you. There's no Tarek. No, no, there is a... Uh, I don't think there's a Tarek. Oh, no, there is a Tarek skin. There's a beach Tarek skin. Is there? Um, yeah, 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 because he doesn't have a shirt on. There's 100% a beach Tarek skin. Right? Okay. I'm, uh, I'm I, like, I'm pretty I'm trying. sure. I'm pretty... I'm pretty sure I'm like looking in the shop. I'm gonna look at the no, beach skins. No shirt, Draven. <laughs> no shirt. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. No shirt, Tarek. Yeah, I thought so. he's like he's like the lifeguard, right? Yeah, he um, looks like Zac Efron with longer hair. Sure. the The July one is the next big expansion, so um, I would imagine the May expansion is gonna be a small one, like we talked about before with an event. The July one is gonna be the next big expansion that we're gonna get, um, along with seasonal tournament and an event pass. Very similar to, you know, what we have had before. Although, 
They did say the release schedule will be different, so maybe we'll get all the cards at once instead of getting them broken out over three expansions, potentially. Um, yeah, there's a chance of that. So, yeah, so that, that'll be coming up in July. Um, so, you know, March, April, June, major balance changes, champion adjustments, and a major balance change in April. All of that to say, we got to talk a little bit about Runeterra champions because they are changing the way that we play the game. Uh, Gibby, do you feel like you can take us through a little bit about what we need to know about Runeterra champions? Yeah, sure. So Runeterra champions are going to be part of the new, I guess it's the way of, it's it's a major difference in the way that they're handling cards. So some games that we've seen in the past, like Hearthstone, I'm just going to kind of blatantly put it out there. We've seen cards that are what we would call colorless or neutral cards. Neutral, yeah. Um, and Runeterra champions are going to be that. They are going to be champions that don't necessarily have a faction or a region associated with them and therefore kind of change the way that we build our decks when they are a part of it. Now, the whole... The way it's described by the by the Riot team is these are champions that are well-traveled. They may bounce from region to region. They don't call home particularly to any one place. And these are champions that necessarily don't always have to exist within current uh, League of Legends or just Runeterra like, lore. They, they don't necessarily have to be existing in another game. They can be Runeterra specific or Runeterra new, as they've called them. So they've got um, a new Runeterra champion coming up uh, that they've already released a little bit of like a teaser about. His name is Jin. He's uh, can, he's called like a virtuoso, I think is what it's called. He like plays yeah, music. That's his tagline. Yeah, he's like Jin the virtuoso, and he he plays music, and he's kind of got this. I don't know, like uh, Phantom of the Opera looking, like meets meets West Side Story. Like he's snap, he's walking down the <laughs> stage, snapping at you, like what you gonna do, like <laughs> as he as he plots your doom. So he's still kind of a darker character. But what they've said was is if you add Jin to your deck, you can add other skill cards of any region to your deck as well. It basically gives you a whole new deck building qualifying restriction of you can add any other skill cards to your hand or to your deck when you're building as long as Jin is in your deck. Now I'm assuming that means one copy, that means three copies. There's no limit to like you have to have three copies in your deck of him, but it limits you to skill cards of a bunch of regions. What I don't know is does that also can you go, okay, Jin's in my deck now does that mean I can still pick two other regions and like predominantly pick from them, but just pick skill cards of other regions as well, but still have two major regions in my deck? There are still some exploration without the full details that we don't know yet of how Jin exactly is going to work. Or does skill cards mean cards that literally have the little yellow circled skill icon on them, and those are all the ones that are available so it's going to be all like followers and things so there's there's, there's going to be a new way to build your decks with Jin and these other so Terra champions so i did watch the video enough to see so one thing is is that when you create a deck with Jin, you still have the option to put in spells 
So it doesn't limit you to only cards with the skill keyword. <clears throat> two, I think, I think the way it works is, you know, how you would typically choose two regions to put in your decks. So let's say you're going to choose Piltover and Noxus. Um, in this case, you would choose Jin, and he would be a region, which would give you access to a specific set of cards. And in this case, Jin would give you access to all cards with the skill keyword. Then you may choose a second region. So if you picture Jin as Piltover, then you could choose a second region. So I can still choose Noxus. So that's going to give me access to all followers and all spells and all champions in Noxus. And then it's going to give me access to Jin and all cards that Jin gives me access to. For in this case, all cards with the skill keyword on them. Those are my two regions for this deck. So it does allow you to get a lot of variance in deck building flexibility, but there's also still limitations in it in which you're not going to be able to build the PNZ deck with the Noxus deck, put in PNZ champions, Noxus champions, and Jin to get all the skills from across everything. You're still only going to be able to choose basically one Runeterra champion, get access to the cards it gives you access to, and then it, they're going to give you one other region, and you're going to get access to the champion spells and followers from that region that is what it looked like and when i saw it it looked as though when you chose Jin, it automatically put a copy of Jin in and then if you choose i think in the video he chose ionia um it looks as though you probably can put three copies of Jin with you know up to three other champions in, or you could put a copy of Jin, and but then all of your other five remaining champions are all gonna have to be from the same region so you would put five Ionia champions, you know, in your deck. Uh, so you could put, you know, two Kennens and and three Irelias in your deck. Or, you know, three Aries, two Kennens, and a Jin in your deck if you wanted to. Gross. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. It's really, really interesting because, man, you know what? I've realized something. When you're out of practice in this game, it's so hard to remember what options your opponent has in their deck. Oh, 100%. And this that's, is going to make it even thing. more difficult. They created another region without creating another region. It was essentially what I'm hearing. And I I like it, though, because what are the skill cards? I mean, there's not a lot of skill cards that I can think of that have been added in recent memory. Um, it's like, hard to remember because I don't even pay attention to that, right? But, like, the skill cards to me um, are a lot of the in, initially introduced cards. Um, there may have been some more recent ones that are just escaping my mind, but I mean, I'm, I think one of the more recent ones I can think of is the, uh, the one that destroys a landmark and summons a grumpy rock bear. And that's been out for a long time. So the desert yeah, naturalist, I mean, like that's a skill card. Honestly, there is in the recent ones, there is tusk speaker, which is the two mana three, two with overwhelm, uh, from frail yard that deals a damage to all nexuses. Okay. There's uh, Karina the Mastermind, um, which is the one that, you know, plants five flash bombs or, or activates ago. cards on the top of your deck. Yeah, she's she's from the most recent set of expansions, but she was the beginning of it. And there's Windsinger, which is a six mana, four, three, that when you play recalls a unit. Other than that, there's Ziggs, which I wouldn't even count in that because it's not going to give you access to the champions, I don't think. And Memory's Cloak, which isn't even a skill. It just, I think, protects you from skills. So, really, there's only been three followers that have skills in the entire Bandlewood expansion. 
my point. So what I think is cool about that is we're going to get access <clears throat> and a focus to cards that haven't been really played as much in in the past. And maybe that'll be maybe that'll make some of these skill cards that haven't been touched in a while because they came out originally with the game and there's naturally a little bit of power creep with some of the new regions that have come out and some of the Bandle City stuff. Maybe that will make them take a look at balancing, as we've talked about, these frequent balance changes, bumping up the skill level or bumping up the um uh, the viability of some of these skill cards that I haven't seen play in quite some time mm-hmm. for the pure sake of just making Jin viable. Because why introduce this whole new archetype in these Rune Terror champions if all of the cards that are his supporting cast are doo doo. So I think what it opens is like there's some interesting stuff that you could do, but like some cards, like you said, that that didn't do anything before that maybe would do a lot more now. So like things like the Astral Fox play kill an ally to deal three damage to the enemy nexus. Um, you know, this was a Shadow Isle skill card. You get access to this thing, and maybe now your Bandle City deck that didn't have any reach. Now you can sack the Bandle City cards that you play and deal three to the enemy nexus, and you can gain some reach by throwing Bandle City and Jin together. Swarm the board, use Astral Fox for some reach. It's it's legitimately hard because they're you're right. And, and actually, you know, similarly, Doom Beast is also a skill yep. card. So you would just quickly get access to a couple points of reach. Oh no. If you wanted it. And interesting, you know what? There really isn't. Like, you know, since Rising Tides, there's there's only one, two, three, four. There's only five skill cards, five skill creatures in all of Call of the Mountain. Um, there's there's not even that many. There's what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine in the Sharima expansion. But I'll be honest with you, like Desert Naturalist, Solari Sunhawk are the only ones that are good except for Yallfish, and you're only playing that in Lurk. So there's like only two good ones in that. And in, in Bandlewood, like I said, Bandlewood only has three, and I would argue that if you aren't playing Synergy with the Mastermind, the Tusk Speaker's the only one worth playing. Maybe just... Wingsinger, but it's really expensive. So it's going to be hard to, you know, Jin had better be pretty decent on his own in creating the skill-based region for it to work because there's just not a ton of great stuff uh, until you go back to Rising Tides. And Rising Tides, you do get some stuff that's a little bit better, you know. Yeah, I'm just looking at some of these skill cards, and there's going to there's be an aggro deck that pops out of this 100%. Yeah, because you get Imperial Demolitionist as well. So you get access to Imperial Demolitionist. You get Boom access crew to Rookie, Le- Legion Saboteur. Oh, yeah. Speaker, Doom Beast, Astral Fox. Oh, yeah, yeah you get be, access to a lot of burn. This is going to be some some nutty stuff with it with an aggressive deck. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it turns out. And Jin is an 80 carry in game. So he's a high damage, you know, 80 attack damage carry uh, in league. So I wouldn't, it, like, you know, there's some attack damage carries that haven't been played that way, but I would be surprised if Jin, Jin is a sniper. And so in, in LOL, his ultimate, when he uses it, he gets four shots and each one does progressively more damage until the last one. But it has enormous range whenever you use it. It's called curtain call. Uh, and so it wouldn't surprise me at all if we get, you know, some sort of an ability when he levels up or after he's killed 
a certain number of targets. He also throws, I think, like traps on the battlefield. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how he actually plays out as a character once we get some revealed about him, which I'm sure we'll get here, you know, sometime in mid-April. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have more information on him soon, but for now, the the skill the skill based region, as I'm going to call it for now, the, the Runeterra Champions is exciting. It's new, it's different, and I think it'll open up the card pool. Yeah, to be used more often. So, out of all this stuff, let's just let's summarize with this, Gibby. You have the roadmap. We have three major balance changes. Tons of cosmetics, literally Pulse Fire, Infernal, and Rift Quest. So, three sets of cosmetics over the next five months with skins and we have runeterra champions what's your what are you most excited about cosmetics runeterra champions pve reworks or major balance updates um i will say runeterra champions are probably my favorite i think that'll open up and i'm going to look at it because what excites me the most is experimentation that will open up experimentation the most the, the hefty balance changes really excite me as well because it's also going to create a new meta and it's going to continue to evolve things and that means that they're getting more involved in, and keeping a closer eye on the game, which I've been wanting them to do for quite some time. So that excites me as well. I don't really care as much about the PvE and I will care a lot and really love the skins if they make them slightly cheaper because they're just too much for me right now to care. And, and yeah. they're out of my price range for me to to find value in them as it stands now. If mm. But if they start putting them more towards event passes and at least putting one or two of them in there, you will probably get me to buy, buy some event passes, which <laughs> there's value in that as well. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you give me a Pulse Fire event pass, dude, I'm pretty much in. Uh, and I think I'm going to get it. one. Like a hundred percent. I think the pulse fire stuff's really cool. And honestly, the rift quest, I didn't I didn't even know what that was and really didn't care about it. But now that I looked at a couple of them from it, I'm kind of like, okay, okay, yeah, I could be in on this. Like I could get in on a real fantasy setting. Um, that could be really cool. I could I could be down for that. Okay, well, why don't we wrap this episode up and, and jump on over to closing thoughts? And I thought I was already perfect. So, guys, in closing thoughts, we hope if you've listened to this, you don't just become a better gamer, you become better at life in general. So, in closing thoughts, I give a little bit of words of wisdom, which, you know, maybe I've earned, maybe I haven't earned over the course of my life. Um, but I was reflecting on this the other day, and I was, I was, it wasn't so much frustration as I was, I was literally having a conversation last week. I was in Orlando, um, and I was having some conversations about a, a guy who's kind of in a similar life stage to me in some ways. Um, but he, he's like a chronic starter. You ever, you ever run into one of those guys, Gibby, like the chronic, like he begins things like is always has a new idea, but never like, finishes them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You teed that up perfectly for me. Oh, is that um, where you're going with this? <laughs> that's where I'm going with that. Oh yeah. yeah. So my, my point is, is that the world is run typically not by people who are the smartest nor people who are the most creative or even the strongest, it's it's run by people who are willing to finish. Like, who are able right. to see it through to the end. Like, Over-ambition is a thing. Yes, yes. Because you start too and, many projects or get involved in too many things and you aren't focused or dedicated enough to see those things through. 
Yep, absolutely. So I was just reflecting on that a little bit, and I was I was literally thinking about that. And so, you know, I'm not, it's not to toot my own horn in any way, shape, or form. Like, that's not what I'm trying to do. In fact, I, I usually try not to never do that. But in my life, I think probably one of the things that have helped me be, and I'm not going to, I mean, I'm not a millionaire or anything. I'm not going to say that I'm super successful. But, you know, like, we, like, it's hard in this age to just afford gas, let alone to buy a house, have a job, and have a family, right? Like, it's, it's not, these things aren't easy to come by. And we've been able to have some level of success with several of those things. And a good bit of that is like I've been I've been around a lot of people who are way smarter than me. I've been around lots of people who are more ambitious, you know, hungry, whatever have you, um, you know, just better, just like straight up more talented and better than me in so many ways. Um, but the thing that has helped me in life more than anything else is like I'm just willing to take an idea and stick with it until we finish it right like like and sometimes in life like you have to do that like there's sometimes when you have to know how to call it you know oh this isn't working and i gotta call it quiz sure. but there's a lot of times in life where like being successful or not being successful doesn't have anything to do with how good you are at what you're doing it just has to do with how per like can you persevere like do you have the grit to do it i honestly feel quote. like that connects so well go ahead yeah i'd love i'd love a quote so there's a quote from a comedian, and he's a bit crude. And this quote's not, though, but um, his stuff is pretty funny. His name is Tom Segura, that some people might okay. recognize that name. Yeah, I know he's, that he's, name. A, he's a ball guy. He put out, and it was probably one of the very, tr like, very few, like, real and sentimental moments within his set, but something that he felt very passionately about. He said, as long, and he was talking about something similar about starting projects or chasing your dreams and life goals. Said as long as you can accept that a project or a dream of yours might not turn out exactly as you planned, you will never be disappointed by seeing by following it through and seeing it and actually doing it. Mm -hmm. You'll never be disappointed by chasing that dream as long as you as long as you can grasp the idea that it may not turn exactly out as you planned. And I think that's that's in in part why some people don't see things through is because they get halfway through it and they're like, well, this is not how I thought it was going to be. Or there's, there's this, I thought it was going to be easier than this or more seamless. This is how I thought I saw it going in my head and it didn't materialize that way. And they call it quits before things go farther off the rails away from where they thought it was going to be instead of pivoting and saying, okay, here I, here's where I am now. Let me refocus. This is how I want to make it mine, mine from here from this point in time since i'm yeah. already here and this is the best way for me to see this through yeah, that's man. important so much about yeah so much about life is is about grit and flexibility like i, I was literally so i i have uh i finished my master's last year a little bit after this and i'm not a particularly bright guy like i'm not super smart um i I'm, disagree i'm real i'm really but what was that so i disagree well, I, I, I believe I'm not super smart and I'm really bad at grammar in English. And so, like, you know, academia should not be my way. And I was recently asked to apply to another school to go for my doctoral work. And I'm like, bro, if if this guy who, who graduated in the bottom of his class, like was terrible at school, hated it, never thought I was going to go to college. If I end up like actually going back to school and one day I come out with a doctoral degree, 
It'll just be absolute proof that, A, anybody can do this. You don't have to be smart. You just have to persevere. Like, you just have to put in the work, have the grit, do it, and get it done. You commit to it, and you do it. And I, I, I think there's just a lot of value in that in life. Like, there's so much in life. There's just so many people who don't follow through. It's, like, it's, it's hard being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's why why some things don't get done is because being uncomfortable is at some point too much for people to to continue on and 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 push forward through yeah so i don't know if you're in life in a situation in life right now where you're just like considering something or you have an idea or you've been working at something let's say you're trying to go back to school or you're trying to finish a study of some type or let's say you got there's like a fun project at home or let's say you're like trying to hit masters in runeterra right a lot of hitting masters in runeterra isn't as much about skill as it is perseverance. <laughs> Let's just get real. Like, it's just being willing to put in the time and energy to make it there uh, and learn the meta. Um, like, I don't know where you are in life right now, what your goal is, but if, like, it's gonna, what any goal that's worth doing is gonna require some grit and some perseverance. And, like, that's gonna be like 80% of what it requires to get there. It's not, it's not even gonna be skill. It's just, it's gonna be like 80% perseverance. Um, and you have so the you have the capability to do it. You just absolutely have to be, every one of us does. You just have to be but, willing willing to go for it. It's the one thing that is not out of reach of any person. Like eighty, I, I really feel like 80 percent of being successful in life is not out of reach for any person. It's just grit. Like it's just willingness to push it through and see it to the completion. You know, wise words, my friend. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. I want to thank you so much for listening in. Uh, I'm sure that if I asked Gibby, what would you like to tell the folks? He would tell you, come and join us on Discord. We hang out there a lot. So come and join us on Discord. And and thank you to our Patreon supporters. Yes. We appreciate yeah. you very much. And if you'd like to become a Patreon supporter of Camp Legends in general, not just Legends Cast or Almost Legends, our two shows, but Camp Legends in general, you can find us. Uh, on Patreon under Camp Legends, correct? We've we've switched that over name yeah. name wise. Yeah, we're now patreon.com slash camp legend. Slash so, camp legend. Yep. So every donation counts, no matter how big, how small, we really appreciate the support. You can give a penny, you can give a dollar, you can give your life savings. Um in a which in that case we'll pickle, man. in that case, which will probably tell you to to stop and back off and and save some money. Um, and still breath, support bro. us in different ways. This is just a podcast, <laughs> right? So, so, but, 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 seriously, we appreciate all the support we get. You guys help us continue to do what we enjoy, which is making this podcast and continue to put out great content for you and expand and create these fun new shows. So every every bit counts. We appreciate it all. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We really appreciate anybody who stops by and listens to us ramble and talk about things that we like, which included a wide variety of things today um but mostly legends of runeterra um drop us a rating and review wherever you listen to the podcast i I literally say that and i realize that the only place you can leave a rating and review is pretty much apple so if you're listening to this on apple podcasts leave us a rating and review (laughs) don't leave us a bad one um thank you for tuning in and go check out almost legends season uh season one episode zero and one that is out right now, Almost Legends, wherever you listen to podcasts or check it out in the description of this episode. You can grab a link there. Thank you so much. Happy Pie Day. Bow, bow. Come back next week. 
Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was brought to you by listeners like you. Don't forget to join our Discord community and support us by leaving us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. A special thanks goes out to all of our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash legendscast.